My guest today is a management consultant. He's the head of financial services practice of North America of his consulting firm. Please welcome Kim Mahota. Kim, how's it going? Doing well, thank you. Really excited to be on with you today. Good, good. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. All right. Well, hey, man, let's jump right into this. Okay. What do you do? So I am a management consultant. I work for a mid-size management consulting firm headquartered in New York with offices around the world. You know, it's funny, you know, management consulting is one of those things that you know, everybody says I'm a consultant, but it's not really well understood kind of what management consultants do. Okay. Right. And, and so there's, there's a pretty broad spectrum of management consulting, right, as a profession. And so the crux of it is helping executives, helping boards, helping management teams kind of sort through the problem of the day, essentially. Right. And it could be anything from, hey, we're going to acquire a company and we need someone to help us figure out what the right valuation is. Are there any issues with the company that we should be thinking about? to we want to expand into Asia, right? And we don't understand much about the Asian market. Help us figure it out. To we've been losing revenue consistently for the last four quarters and can't figure out what's going on. Help us think through it. To kind of the classic, we need to cut costs by 30%, right? And don't know where to look to, to, to find that cost. Help do an X-ray of of our organization and tell us kind of where we can take out costs without essentially crippling the firm, right? So it's a pretty broad spectrum. And then there's guys who do like technology consulting, do outsourcing. So the universe of management consulting is actually quite broad, but I'm in kind of the classic consulting kind of in that middle space between strategy work, product work, operations, and private equity as well. Okay. And with that, what type of clients are you working with? You mentioned private equity, but with the strategy, product, operations, yeah. what type of clients are you working with? Yeah, so the client for private equity consulting, it's typically a private equity firm that's just acquired or looking to acquire a company, right? It could also be a large sponsor, and sometimes the sponsor is actually a corporation. So for mm -hmm. example, if Amazon wants to go buy Whole Foods. Not that that's what I did, but just as an example, right? So that's kind of one body of work. And then the traditional consulting that I do, the clients that I serve tend to be larger financial institutions, mm -hmm. right? So you'll have, and there are a number of buckets, right? So you have banks in the traditional sense of the word, right? So the JP Morgan's Bank of America's of the world. So those types of folks, brokerage houses, right? So the Fidelities of the world, E-Trades of the world, guys like that. You have fintechs, right? So financial services, kind of quote unquote startups that have kind of grown to a certain threshold, right? Of size would actually make sense to bring consultants in. And then there's another universe of kind of what I'd call specialty finance companies, right? Consumer lending companies, aviation lending, right? So it's a pretty broad spectrum, right? Okay. So if you're in the financial services universe and you're a company that's kind of gotten to a certain level of revenue in terms of size, that's typically when the phone call would come to us to say, hey, we've got this issue. We'd love for you guys to come in and help with that. Okay. 
All right, yeah. great. Now you mentioned everything from the specialty lending, the banks, brokerage houses, fintech. Like you said, it's pretty broad in the financial services industry. Mm -hmm. So with you, what is your background? Did you have a, a finance background before getting into uh, consulting? And what led you into this? How'd you get into your role? Yeah, good question. Yeah, so my undergrad was in business. I worked for technology company for a while, kind of on the corporate finance side of things. I then went to business school, got an MBA, and then worked um, for one of the larger financial services companies here in the US. So I did that for several years and then got into consulting, right? So it's interesting because what makes a good consultant, there's two schools of thought, right? It's, it's people who've been in consulting their whole life, so they know how to be consultants, right? I'm in the school of thought that says, good consultants of individuals who understand the industry that they're consulting to, right? So you've been in the trenches, so to speak. So by virtue of the fact that I worked in the financial services space, I tend to understand the business and therefore have a little bit more credibility when you're talking to an executive at a large bank or an executive at a brokerage house or wealth management um, player to say, hey, look, I understand this particular issue because I've lived through it. So for me, Consulting kind of just happened, right? Because I was leaving industry, talking to a number of folks, and someone said, hey, we've got this project that sounds like it's right up your alley, given the work that you've done in financial services and innovation and, and disruption. Why don't you come and help? So that's kind of the way this, the journey started. It was kind of happenstance, right? And I kind of quickly realized, wow, this is actually quite a bit of fun, right? Because <laughs> you get to work with different clients, different challenges, like every day is different, right? Depending yeah. on what client and what issue you're working on. So that's kind of what makes it really exciting. And it's been 15 plus years, right? And not slowing down anytime soon. Right. So going from this, uh, your financial services company that you work with, a large financial services company and what you were doing to being the consultant, how was that transition like? Yeah. I think one of the biggest things that people say about transitioning to consulting is the pace of work dramatically accelerates, right? <laughs> Frankly, the pace and the volume of work, right? Because if you think about what a consultant is asked to do when you come into a client is to solve a pretty complex issue really quickly, yeah. right? And so what that means is the volume of stuff that's coming at you is fast and furious, right? So the amount of horsepower, like intellectual horsepower you're using every day to process that, to synthesize it, to come up with a recommendation, to communicate it back to the client, that's a lot, right? Yeah. And from a, a job in industry, kind of the traditional corporate job, which obviously is no cakewalk, right? For mm -hmm. sure. But I think in general, the one big thing that does change is just the velocity of stuff, right? Hours get longer, you tend to travel more, you tend to work with very demanding clients, because whatever issue it is that they called you in to, to solve is kind of like issue number one for them. So they're, they're not going to sleep. Mm -hmm. So they're expecting that you're also not going to sleep, right? Thinking about their challenge, right? So, yeah. so with that comes a high degree of a stress and not stress in a negative sense, right? But just kind of like intensity, right? Of work and, and velocity of work. I think that's the one big change. And then the people that you work with in consulting are just great people, tend to be really smart, really dynamic, intellectually curious, right? Just kind of want to solve problems and, and, and work work on interesting stuff. So you tend to you tend to kind of come across some really interesting folks, right? As you as you do consulting work as well. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now you talked about 
not going to sleep at some time. So can you talk a little bit about the hours? How many hours yeah. a week you're working? Yeah, so the average day will maybe start 7, 30, 8 o'clock. And again, it, it varies quite a bit, but we'll run through 6, 7 p.m. consistently. Okay. Sometimes sometimes longer, as you know, because it, it kind of, you know, so we do project work. So it's professional services like, like a law firm or an accounting firm, right? So it kind of comes in waves, right? Yeah. So if you have, let's say, let's say you have an eight-week engagement, it's very, very intense in week one because you're going from zero to 100 in like two days, right? right? You called into a client and you've got to learn everything about that client really, really quickly. Yeah. So the first few days tend to be quite intense, right? And what you, actually, what you find is that you're probably up late almost every day, frankly, for that first week. And, you know, this, I'm oversimplifying just to illustrate, right? right? So you might be up until 10, 11 o'clock just kind of going through stuff, learning about the client, learning about the issue, going through all the data that they've sent over to you, et cetera, right? So then, so that's kind of the first pocket of intensity, right? And then the middle part of it is kind of as you're crunching through all of it is that's when it's kind of that 7.30, 8 a.m. to 6, 7 p.m. kind of window, mm -hmm. right? So it's intense, but it's not outrageous. Mm -hmm. And then as you get closer to the end of the project where you've got your readout, you've put together your recommendation, you're kind of starting to get ready to kind of sit down with the executives and say, all right, here's what we think and here's what we think you guys should do then it gets hyper intensive again, right? Because as you can imagine, you're synthesizing everything, you're triple checking everything. You've got multiple iterations with the consulting team to just make sure you've gotten everything right, yeah. right? So, so that then results in midnight, you're in the office, so, so pre-COVID, right? You're at the yeah. client site, it's midnight, you're working on slides, you're debating the income statement, the pro forma, right? Literally at midnight, yeah, right? right? So you've ordered dinner, everybody's had pizza or Chinese takeout or whatever it is. And it's midnight and you, you're not like, all right, 15 more minutes and we're going home. You're like right in mid stride, right? So you might be there at one, you might be there at one thirty, right? Yeah. So, so that's kind of the, the day in the life, right? It's pretty intense, but it's fun work, right? If you, like when you think about working a corporate job in industry and being in the office at midnight, it's like, oh my gosh, no, <laughs> right. <laughs> right? right? But frankly, in consulting, and I, I guess it's the same in other professional services like law, whatever, it's intense work, but it's, it's a ton of fun, right? Yeah. If you like this type of work. So you find that the energy in the room and the way this works is you will typically have four or five consultants in a conference room kind of working through stuff. So the energy in the room at midnight is much higher than you'd expect, right? You expect everyone's kind of falling off their seat, you know, crying to go home, but it's actually, it's pretty intense, right? And it's, it's a ton of fun and there's, you know, people are smiling and getting work done. So that's, that's kind of what it looks like, right? And again, you're going from one client to the next or one client issue to the next client issue. So the other thing that you don't get a lot of is, you don't get a break, yeah. right? One project to the next. The, the level of intensity just kind of is consistent. Yeah. And that's why it's like really important for consultants to just actually take time off. Right. Because if you go from one client to the next client, like you finish one project on Friday and Monday you're starting the next, right. you're going from 100 miles an hour to like 150 miles an hour on Monday morning, yeah. right? Yeah, so the best thing you could do as a consultant is when you're done Friday with one project, take the week off, yeah. right? Go somewhere, decompress. And then when you come back the following week, it's like 150 miles an hour day one. Yeah, man, that's yeah. great. Great description of what an engagement, kind of a life cycle of the engagement. Mm -hmm. Now, 
if you talk about a typical day, is it sort of typical of what you said, or can you kind of break down what a typical day will look like if it's any different than what you just talked about? Yeah, yeah. Every consultant will tell you there's no such thing as a typical right. day, no such thing as a typical client or typical project. So it's a hard question to answer. So, yeah. you know, just to kind of characterize directionally what a quote unquote typical day looks like, right? You might start with kind of a team meeting at 8 a.m. So you might come in at 7.30, check email. So, so the thing about consulting that's interesting is that you work for a consulting firm, but then you also work for a client, right? right? So you've got two sets of universes that you're managing at the same time. So typically, especially as you get more senior, you start your day much earlier to just deal with kind of firm stuff, right? So you guys might be recruiting as a firm and doing all this stuff. So you kind of get that out of the way, mm -hmm. right? And then at 8 a.m., you start with like the kind of the consulting team meeting, like, okay, what did we get done yesterday? What's our deliverable for this week? Let's review the slides we put together. Let's make sure it's kind of where it needs to be. And then frankly, you start to get into the whole kind of client meetings. And those may vary depending on the type of project that it is, okay. right? So you might spend the day just kind of doing client meetings, following up on stuff, meeting on one dimension of the project or the other dimension of the project. And then maybe at five o'clock or four o'clock, you have a meeting with like a senior executive of the client to kind of say, hey, it's been a week. Here's kind of what we're thinking. Here's what we put together so far. Here's the trajectory of the project. This is kind of what we're starting to see and hear, right? Because one of the things that's really important in consulting is consistent conversation with the client to kind of say, hey, it's only been four days, but here's kind of what we're hearing and here's what we're seeing just to make sure it's resonating, right? Because the worst thing that you can do is come back after four weeks and the client's like, no, absolutely not. That's not correct. We don't agree with that, right? So that might happen towards the end of the day, right? And then again, just given that I'm a little bit more senior, so you do that five o'clock to six o'clock, let's say, and then you'll spend some time with the team kind of going through content, right? So consultants live and die on PowerPoint, right? That's how you tell your story as a consultant is, is PowerPoint. And so you spend a lot of time just going through PowerPoint, talking through storyboards, talking through like, what's the messaging? Does this analysis make sense? Does it align with what we heard last week, et cetera? And that gets you to very quickly, gets you to 7.30 or 8. And then it's like, if you're traveling and you happen to be in Chicago or New York or London or Hong Kong or whatever, it's like, all right, dinner, right? right. So you could, you could either go out as a team. And that's, that's what happens a lot with consulting that I think is great. Yeah. It doesn't happen with corporate is that you go out for dinner as a team a lot, right? If you think about your traditional corporate job, when it gets to six o'clock, it's like, I want, I want to get the heck out of here, right? <laughs> Consultants spend a lot of time together. So you might go out for dinner, hang out, and then that's the day. Yeah. Right. And kind of do it all over again the following morning. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> right. So now, pretty now, intense. Right. Yeah. It sounds like it. Now, yeah. now, based on what you said, it seems like you're conversing with your clients and team members so much. So it seems like communication and interpersonal skills are very important. Being able to act quickly on your feet, yeah. presentation skills and PowerPoint skills are important. Being a team worker. What skills and characteristics would you say are, are most important to be successful in your line of field? Yeah. So again, I keep making this distinction about kind of where you are in the arc of your career as a yeah, consultant. Right? right. So as you start, right. So let's say you just graduated, you're 22 years old and you're, you know, you're going to work at a consulting firm, right? So Deloitte, Ernest Young, Bain, McKinsey, whatever, right. What's valued most is just analytical chops, right? Just the ability 
to run analytics, to get into data, to crunch through Excel, just really, really good at that, right? Being just like an analytical wizard, right? Yeah. Quite frankly, right? And being able to take vast amount of data and find patterns, tell a story, get to the crux of an issue, okay. right? And then as you get, as you progress through your career, it's a combination of that because that never really goes away as a consultant. And then the kind of start the ability to interact more with the client, right? And the reason why that's important, it's not just so, you know, it's not just kind of, you know, shaking hands and being in meetings, nodding your head. It's actually kind of leading clients and, and knowing what questions to ask and dealing with all sorts of very, a lot of times, tough client situations where, yeah. An executive might say, hey, I need you guys to go solve this thing in this business unit. And when yeah. you get to the business unit, the guy who's running that business unit might not want you there, right? Because they probably know, hey, when these guys come in, they're going to find costs. That means I'm taking out 10% of my headcount and I don't want that. So how do you deal with that situation and deal with it in a way that doesn't create animosity, right? That is actually net positive for everybody involved. So the ability to kind of have that client savvy and being able to kind of manage a client and start managing a team become kind of really critical as you get mid-career-ish from a consulting perspective. And then as you get more senior to like the partner level, then A, obviously the ability to deliver on client work and just kind of make sure that the content that's being created by your team is A+, plus, right? That's obviously critical. But then your ability to now start to relate more and more with the executive, right? right? So... You know, take your average client, for example, you'll have a CEO, you'll have division heads, you'll have functional heads like a CFO, or chief HR officer, whatever. And then you might even have like regional heads. So the CEO of Asia Pacific or the CEO of Europe, right? So as you become much more senior and you, you kind of become a partner, then it's how dynamic are you with respect? respect to interacting with the CEO of the business, the, the, the person who runs APAC, the person who runs finance or HR or whatever it is, because it's in those conversations that you really start to build that relationship and kind of demonstrate the value that you and the firm that you work for represent for that client, right? Mm -hmm. So it's in those conversations that that value really starts to show up. And frankly, in professional services, it's always about kind of the next client or the next engagement, right? So then that translates to your ability to then sell work, i.e. generate incremental revenue for the firm by talking, you know, you just met with a person who runs APAC, you identified an issue, and suddenly 25 consultants are engaged to work on whatever that issue is out of Hong Kong or out of Beijing or, you know, whatever it might be. So that's a very broad kind of picture, yeah. right, of what the continuum looks like, but that's just kind of my general sense of, yeah, that's key. Okay, yeah. yeah. I guess a couple things from that. One, it's kind of funny when you talked about dealing with some groups in your clients where they don't want to deal with you because yeah. they know what's coming. It reminded me of a movie office space in a portion in there. But yeah, the other though is just talking about how much you interact with your clients and the executives there and how important that is. How's everything going with everything yeah. going on now? How, how are you able to deal with that part of it? Yeah, there's no, there's no question about it, right? So COVID, in many ways, presents a challenge for, frankly, everybody, right? But in the professional services universe, the thing about COVID that's interesting is for consulting firms, 
we spend a lot of time on conference calls and video calls, like pre, pre-COVID. Like that's the way consulting firms are run, right? You're talking to your partner in the UK and then you're talking to someone out in, in like Sydney, Australia. So you're constantly on the phone, constantly on video, constantly on Zoom. So it's, it's like just everyday life, right? Mm-hmm. But f- within the context of a client in a corporate environment where historically the, the, the model is you come to the office and you come to my office and we'll meet in my office, right? right? What we found consistently is, you know, it's now been six months, right, since this whole thing yep. started. But in the early weeks, right, I think it was change of gear, right? Like a lot of corporations weren't used to the whole distributed workforce, working remote, and what it looks like so that you don't lose productivity. So in fact, what a lot of consulting firms did, and we certainly did that too with our clients, is we put together a playbook and said, mm-hmm. Here are the six or seven things you do to make sure that as your teams are working together remotely, mm. that they're effective. Here are some tools that you can use to run a virtual meeting. Here's some yeah. t- tools you can use to kind of spur collaboration, even though you're not in a room together, right? So if you look at a lot of consulting firms, they, they all had like a little playbook, yeah. right? That they put on their website, so they sent out to their clients and we did the same to kind of say, hey, look, we live this stuff every day. Here's best practice, yeah. right? So I think I think a lot of our clients have, and I think, frankly, most corporate America has at this point, right? Gotten to the swing of things, are kind of moving forward as the new normal, abnormal normal, if you will, but it's working, right? right? right. And frankly, it's forcing a lot of folks to change their mindset, the traditional mindset of, hey, if we're meeting, you come to my office and let's sit across the table from each other. Right. I mean, classic is is interviewing. Right. Firms are interviewing and hiring people that they've, quote unquote, never met in person. Right. Through Zoom interviews. Right. Corporations are buying work from consulting firms, law firms, et cetera, through Zoom and haven't necessarily met the consulting firm or the law firm or whatever in person. So it's changed. And I think by and large, most most corporations, most companies have kind of gotten into the swing of things, right? And are, are comfortable operating remotely now. Yeah. 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 Well, good. You adjusted and also kind of made lemonade out of lemons. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's so, exactly right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So can you talk about what you love about what you do? Yeah. So I get bored easily. And so I've never been good at doing the same thing for a long, long period of time. Right. So kind of the classic, you run division X or you're the head of this particular unit in, in the accounting function for like 12 years. Like I couldn't do that. Right. <laughs> Consulting is the complete opposite end of that spectrum. Right. Where you've got new clients, new challenges, new teams, new information, virtually every couple of weeks or every few weeks. Yeah. Right some combination of those three or four things changes literally every couple of weeks, right? And for me, that keeps it fresh intellectually, like that keeps me engaged, right? Uh, Which I absolutely love. You know, the travel wears on you after a while, (laughs) frankly. You know, when you start out, it's like, yeah, I travel, I get to go to Hong Kong instead of cool hotel and fly business class. That's all good for like a month and then it starts <laughs> to wear, down, wear you down. But the other thing, and I, you know, I truly say this generally, the other thing that I really do like about consulting is the people that you work with, and I think I mentioned this earlier, yeah. 
the people that you work with are incredibly dynamic, mm -hmm. right? And there's an adage that's used over and over in consulting, which is the airport test, if you've heard of it. Mm -hmm. It's basically what consultants do when they're interviewing is they ask the question, hey, how would I feel about getting stuck with this guy at an airport for four hours, right? right? Sitting next to each other and it's snowing and the flight's delayed, right? If the answer to that is, oh my God, I don't want to be stuck with this guy for the next four hours, then is he or she's not going to be a good fit, right? So in other words, consulting firms really do put a premium on just kind of that smart, dynamic, well-traveled, polished kind of individual, right? Because in, in, in many ways, that's what you're selling to your clients, right. right? You're selling credibility, you're selling knowledge, you're selling the ability to, to tell a story, right? And you're selling the ability to, for lack of a better way of putting it, change hearts and minds, right? Yeah. Hey, you guys want to go acquire this company, let me tell you why you shouldn't acquire this company, right? And, and that's not an easy task, right? So the type of people who tend to do well just generally tend to be very dynamic, pretty smart, and just love to engage with people around all sorts of different topics, right? Yeah. And for me, that's probably one of the coolest thing about consulting is just the people that you get to interact with ultimately. Nice, all right. So yep. working with smart, dynamic, well-rounded people and not really having a typical day, always yeah. something new, okay. Yeah, right. Now, you mentioned the hours, the intensity of work, the travel, What's going on right now with COVID? Any other challenges or obstacles out there for you? Anything that keeps you up at night? Um, no, I think, you know, professional services is, you know, is an interesting industry, just kind of broadly speaking of, you know, that, that it's, it's a discretionary service, right? That your clients can choose to use or not use. And so there is a, there is a dynamic of cyclicality to it, right? So in good times, there's plenty of work. When the economy contracts a little bit, it tends to reflect with, within the professional services marketplace as well, right? So if you're a big corporation and your revenue just got cut by 30%, well, guess what? You're not going to spend as much on consultants as you did last year, right? So you tend to be exposed to kind of the cyclical nature of the economy, to some degree. However, a well-positioned consulting firm that's got solid relationships, that's got solid kind of credibility in the marketplace is able to, by and large, weather that over time. Yeah. Um, I think the big, for me, the big challenge with, with COVID, as an example right now, is just the uncertainty, right? And I'm seeing that turning, right? So like in March, April, there's just a sense of let's just shut everything down nobody's coming to the office so let's just stop doing stuff right and so that showed up for a lot of consulting firms where clients would just kind of pull the plug and say look this this project we we're going to start you know in two weeks we we're going to put it on hold for now right but i think as folks have started to get used to the notion that this is this is not changing next week right it might be you know sometime in early 2021 who knows when kind of things get back to normal i think most companies are now kind of coming back to, okay, let's just kind of keep running our business because guess what? We've got shareholders, right? We've got revenue targets. We've got profitability targets. We still have to deliver against, right? So if we need help on item one, two, or three, let's get the help we need and let's, let's get that project going. So I think three or four months ago, and I think it's fair to say 
most consulting firms are pretty grumpy about where things were just because most corporations just shut everything down, right? Yes. But I think that's turned, right? And and there's much, much more activity now than there was, you know, just three or four months ago. Oh, great. That's good. Yeah. It's a good mm-hmm. sign. All yeah, right. definitely. Yeah. So do you have a most memorable moment that, you, that stands out in your career? Oh, geez, that's a good question. One of the, the one of the more rewarding dimensions of this career is when you go through a project, come to a recommendation, right, and deliver that recommendation, and it's well received, right? Mm-hmm. That happens a lot, and that feels good, right, to the consultant because all of the questions that we asked to answer are pretty ambiguous, right? You don't know what the answer is going to be as you walk in, so there's a process of discovery, right, which in and of itself or most consultants and guys like me is like a fun process to go through. And then when you deliver it and the, the, you know, the CEO is like, Oh my God, this is great. It's going to change our business. That's awesome. Right. From a private equity perspective, the kind of helping a private equity firm or buyer who's looking to acquire a company, go through the process of due diligence, make a recommendation about what the writing, the right pricing might be, and then see that deal announced on the wall street journal, right? Monday morning. That's, that's pretty, you know, that's pretty rewarding as well. I think the moments that really stand out, at least for me, are where the recommendation that we were putting forth wasn't necessarily the popular recommendation, right? And the initial knee-jerk reaction would be, well, no way we're going to do that. Like, that's, that's no, not that that's the dumbest idea we've ever heard, but that goes against everything that we stand for or how we think about the market. So we don't necessarily like what you're doing. So... What becomes very rewarding is actually helping the client see why that recommendation is, in fact, the right recommendation. And, and we've had, you know, I've had a few of those, right, where when you first come in and say, hey, here's what we're thinking. And I know you guys wanted to go this direction, but we actually don't think you should go that direction. Yeah. Right. And kind of getting the initial, well, no, that's what we're going to do. So just help validate that. Um, the process of actually kind of, helping them see how that is not a great idea and idea B is the better idea. And then three months later, getting the phone call from the executive saying, you know what, because of you guys, we didn't do something stupid. <laughs> right. Yeah. And as unpopular as the, the recommendation was, I'm glad that you guys actually had the fortitude yeah. to tell me the client who was paying you <laughs> that my idea is not a smart idea. Right. right. So that's happened a few times in, Whenever that happens, it, it definitely is a highlight. One great story is we got called in to run due diligence by a fairly large financial institution that was looking to buy a given company, right? They were like, we're going to buy that company. We want you guys to come in and just make sure everything's cool. So we come in, it was eight weeks. We spent a bunch of time just kind of looking at them and looking through their income statements, the business operating models. And we found two things that were just like, we couldn't even believe this company was doing that. Right. So we come back to the executive team that had hired us and were telling us to look at this company. And we're like, look, you could buy them. And as long as they continue to fly under the radar, cool, nothing's going to happen. However, if a regulator catches on to fact one or fact two, this thing is going to blow up in your face and it's going to cost you literally billions of dollars. So Mm. we actually don't think, we don't think you should make the acquisition. Right. So for a week, we kind of haggled back and forth. We did the analysis and we kind of, showed them what the worst case scenario was. 
ultimately they decided not to they pulled the plug they were yeah. like all right we're not going forth with the acquisition and lo and behold i think it was like five months later that company that they were looking at got into hot water with the regulator wow. and it just got really ugly so we got the phone call <laughs> from the guy who runs m a at this big financial institution that we were working with and he said thank you because <laughs> that would have been me yeah. dealing with that right yeah. so that's that for a consultant that's just like that's just gravy yeah it is and yeah. that's also got to be a, a huge skill set additional skill set that should be added i guess your persuasion skills or because that's yeah. not easy when you're dealing with a client of that size to have them change their mind so not only yeah. the analytical work and everything that you're doing but having to change their mind that's great yeah yeah. Correct. Yeah. All right. So, hey, Kim, we're at the end of this interview. This has been great. Before we finish, though, I want to get to these quick hitter questions that ask you for fun. Yeah. For people to get to know you a little bit better. But uh, before we get there, though, I want to see if there's anything additional you want to talk about or anything you feel like I might have left out asking you. Um, no, I think we covered broadly the subject and really enjoyed the conversation. As a career path, I do think that consulting is just a great career path for very many reasons. One of the big ones is I do think that ultimately, whether you choose to kind of remain a career consultant for, for 40 years, that's great. But for the vast majority of the industry, a lot of people will come into consulting and then go back into industry. And it's a great way to, especially if you're just kind of starting out in your career, it's a great way to kind of touch different industries and touch different clients and get a, get a sense of how businesses run in pharmaceuticals, in auto, in financial services, in retail, I mean, you name it, right, in manufacturing. And then just kind of over time, just kind of say, you know what, I really love pharmaceuticals. So mm -hmm. I'm going to go try to land in a pharmaceutical company somewhere, which just a great learning platform, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. um, so my whole thing, right, as I, as I talk to folks who are coming out of undergrad or frankly, even graduate school is consulting is probably one of the, those careers that gives you an education in the professional setting of what the world of business looks like. And then ultimately lets you kind of choose which path to choose, right? So continue as a consultant or after five years or 10 years or whatever it is, go work for a bank or go work for a food manufacturer, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. 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 No, great. All right. So let's get to these quick hitter questions. Sure. All right. First question. What's your favorite sports team? Oh, I've always been a Laker fan. Um, and I'm also a Steeler fan. Okay. But if I was to choose one of the two, I'd say the Lakers. All right. So. Looking good right now. What's your favorite movie or show? Favorite movie, um, favorite movie was Inception. Mm. Um, Christopher Nolan just absolutely loved it, um, just, just because of how diabolical it was. Favorite show, Game of Thrones is great. Probably Game of Thrones. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Favorite musical artist or group? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. So this has evolved um, quite a bit <laughs> over the years. Right now, I listen to a lot of, like, this was going to sound terribly strange, but musical scores, like, from movies, oh, yeah. right? Wow. Um, so I actually like, like, Hans Zimmer. Okay. Um, and the reason is, like, and my wife thinks I'm nuts, right? But, like, my day is just filled with, like, 
people talking to me and me talking to people is just a lot of like noise, not in a negative sense, like every day. So anytime I have quiet, yeah. I actually want quiet music, right? And musical scores just does it for me. So right now, that. yeah, Hans Zimmer is like my number one channel that I always go to. Okay. Yeah. And back to Game of Thrones, did you read the books? I did not read the books. Okay. All right. No. Favorite vacation spot? Ooh, Venice. No, oh, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I've and- been to Venice like four times and would go tomorrow if you let me. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite food or drink? Um, I'm a red wine guy. I do Malbecs primarily. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Mexican food too. So anything Mexican is good by me and any Malbec I'll take. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, hey, Kim, this has been great. I've learned a lot. And just seeing all that you do, congrats on all that you do thank and you. all your achievements. It's been great. And thank you, too, for coming on to the podcast. I appreciate it. Absolutely. This was fun. Really enjoyed the conversation. Good. Great. And is there any way that people can get in touch with you if they have any comments or questions, LinkedIn or IG? Anything? Yeah, LinkedIn is probably LinkedIn is probably the best. You could just, you know, just search my name, Kim Mahoja. I'm right there. You'll be able to find it pretty easily. Great. Yep. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Have a cool. good one. All right. Thanks. Thank you, everyone. If you have any comments or questions or would like to be on the podcast, please reach out to me on Instagram at Rodolfo Cooper. Thank you. Bye.